Welcome to the Old Moms Podcast. We're childhood friends on opposite ends of motherhood, inspiring moms of all ages and stages to laugh at life's unexpected, ridiculous, and endearing moments. Hey, Gina, how's it going? Hey, things are good over here. I heard you were at the DMV last week. What's up? Oh my gosh, we were at the DMV. So my boys just turned 14, and in Kansas, you can get a learner's permit at the age of 14. Wow. So we studied for a couple of weeks for the test. The written test is all you have to take. There's an app that we found that was helpful, and then there's a huge handbook that was way too much to take in. So we just referenced it, but didn't use it a lot. And we decided to just go for it. The odd thing about how licenses and permits are kind of staggered in Kansas is that you can get your first one at 14. I think it's because we're a farming state, but you don't have to be a farming family. And then you have to hold that for one full year before you can get your first license, which is a restricted license. And the earliest date you can get that is at 15. Then you can get your regular license when you turn 16. So the whole thing, if you back it up from wanting to get your license when you turn 16, like you and I did, I don't know if you went on your birthday, but I did. It was a big deal in our family to just go as soon as you could right after you turned 16. If you don't get this 14-year-old permit right around your 14th birthday, then you're not getting your license when you turn 16. Wow, that's wild. Well, I bet they aced it. I'm sure they did. How are you feeling? Are you nervous? Was it a pretty seamless operation there? Um, I wouldn't consider the DMV be a seamless operation. It did feel safe. <laughs> it did feel safe during the pandemic and it took a long time. We had to make appointments. They both passed and that's all they had to do, take a vision test. And they, they were given a little paper temporary license to take with them and we're awaiting the real IDs to come in the mail, which is just mind boggling to think that they are old enough for that. So one of my guys is not comfortable and doesn't feel ready to drive a lot right now. He isn't wanting to, which is fine. We just wanted him to get this so we could do driver's ed this summer, work on some driving. The other one has been ready to drive since he was in a power wheels. He could do three-point turns and we would set up cones and practice parallel parking when he was three or four in the driveway. Oh, I know who that is. That's awesome. (laughs) Yes. So he was ready. So the night that they got their permits, he drove me to our grocery store and back. Oh, what a sweetheart. Oh no, I'm sure that he's feeling so proud of himself being able to do that finally. Oh, he's been waiting forever. It was just a couple of miles and he did really well. We actually went at kind of a busy time, but he has spent a little time with Joe driving in some parking, empty parking lots and some roads where there weren't any other cars pretty far away from town over the last year, year and a half. So he felt confident and ready and I was with him and can trust him to listen to what I say and respond immediately. So he has done a little bit of driving outside of that, but yeah, he's so excited for this year to practice. Do you remember learning how to drive? What was your scoop with getting your license and everything. Yeah, same deal. Really excited when I turned 16 to get my license. I did learn to drive in our church parking lot with my mom in a big blue minivan. And of course, I feel like parking lots are always riddled with potholes and strange medians and other things. So it was a little tricky, but the worst part of it was I was apparently using two feet, one for the gas, and one, for the, one for the gas, one for the brake. And my mom looked down, I was like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm using two feet. And she said, where did you learn to use two feet? And I, and I told her, well, the only other driving I've ever done is a go-kart. And on a go-kart, you use two feet. And she just couldn't even believe I was her child. 
But um, it's just so funny. Thank goodness it wasn't a stick shift. I'd be a disaster. We had a car that was a stick shift for a little while, and it was just panic-inducing on a hill. I wanted to have a student driver sticker on the back of it for always, so everyone would just assume that I was learning completely how to drive in this country and give me a break. I hated having a stick shift. I learned how to drive with my dad in a doctor's office parking lot on the weekend that would be completely empty, and he had a super old car. And my memory of it was that I was so overwhelmed with the power of it. So it was this really old car, even at the time, not a powerful car by any means. And I remember pushing the gas for the first time and just the sound of it, because we, of course, didn't have the radio on and we were just quiet and focused. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh. And we probably just lurched like five to 10 feet in the parking lot. And then I just had to put the brake on because I was it was too much. Yeah, it is shocking. It is shocking the first time you actually are behind the wheel. But how lucky were we to have wide open spaces? I keep thinking your boys are so lucky to be in Kansas having more open space than even we had. I think that's a suburban thing. My parents said, try learning to drive in Brooklyn, where it's crazy busy all the time. You're learning how to parallel park to survive. That's the only way to park versus... Here, pull through this humongous parking spot. I couldn't even park in one direction for the longest time. I think I could only park left. So I always had to just keep driving around a parking lot and orient myself. So I was pulling into a space, turning left, because I couldn't get out far enough to do the right-hand turn. And actually, especially between two cars. I mean, I probably didn't park between two cars for 18 months after I got my license, which would not be possible in Brooklyn. Oh, for sure. I even was thinking back to our high school because our high school had open lunch hours where you could leave campus for lunch. And I can remember us that parking lot was packed. I can't believe that we parked in there because I had the same kind of anxiety about parking between two cars, but you had no choice. If you wanted to get in the lot, you had to park wherever you could. But I there think there were accidents just... all the time. Oh, certainly. Yeah. And I remember on lunch break, just a mass exodus. We all had 45 minutes to try to get somewhere to eat and get back. And I recall one time in particular that we were in the car. I was driving with you and two other friends and we were just cruising down Dry Creek like nobody's business. And it was kind of surprising how easily you could get around. I don't know. I think I just think about your guys and it's going to be a fun, a fun time for them. Oh, absolutely. I remember driving down Dry Creek and seeing those cute guys in the Jetta that would always have lunch around the same time that we did. (laughs) So we would leave the school parking lot and then we would try to catch them on Dry Creek heading somewhere. I think it was a red Jetta and they were from some office nearby, but they were young professionals with their nice business clothes on. And we were giggly high school girls and we landed at Tokyo Joe's at the same time as they did one time after we had kind of tracked with each other driving down Dry Creek towards the restaurant. Yes. Yes, we were a bunch of giggly girls. I had braces. I can remember that day vividly because we ordered from Tokyo Joe's and the rest of you were just killing it with your chopsticks. And I was in shock that people (laughs) were so proficient with chopsticks. (laughs) Maybe it was the braces. I don't know. (laughs) But I remember staring at them in the restaurant because we couldn't believe they ended up at the same place and daydreaming about these men. They were men. We just were happy to be in close proximity to them, which is so funny. It just cracks me up. But I remember getting a thrill from that. You know, we were out. We just felt mature, I guess, because we were out having our lunch, too, just at this place. We were going to drive back and have to have a hall pass if we were late. But still, in that moment... (laughs) (laughs) We were all just pros out for lunch. 
Yeah, just cruising around. Well, I was really lucky because I had my own car. And that came about because when my sister and I were 12 or 13, we started bussing tables at the restaurant. And my grandpa, my dad's dad, who was this just total New Yorker, I can't even put it any other way, who used to smoke in the car. And he would say, I'm going to be there at 530. Don't be late. So we'd be in the house frantically trying to put our hair in ponytails to get ready to go. And he would speed into the cul-de-sac at 5.15 and just lay on the horn. And I remember my mom saying, as soon as one of you turns 16, we're getting you a car. This is insane. That is so nice. It was awesome that you had your own car. I remember it being fun for me, just as a friend of yours, that we could get places because you had that luxury. We didn't have our own cars, but my mom especially was very free with giving up her time with one of our two family cars so that we could have it whenever we needed to get anywhere. But I remember a friend of ours having cars always as well. And one of them was a little tan Volkswagen Rabbit. Do you remember this car? I totally do. Yes. And the quirky thing about it was that it had an alternator that didn't work or worked intermittently. So we would be at a light. I remember being stopped at a light with her multiple times where something would happen. I don't know if it made a certain noise or the car actually turned off, but she was got a signal and knew that she needed to put the car in park, grab a hammer that she kept underneath of the driver's seat, open her door. We're just in a line of traffic stopped at a light. She is stepping out with a hammer in hand, (laughs) pops the hood and whacks the alternator with the hammer and then we would be good to go. You could hear that everything was righted. She would hop back in the car, throw the hammer under and just shake her head like, oh, I hate it when that happens. (laughs) She was so cool. I would never have handled that with such grace. That is so funny. Oh my gosh. And she knew what she was doing too. I mean, I was always impressed because I thought, good grief, I know I would hit something that would shatter and then the car would never work again. But it was hilarious. And she had this really great stereo system that probably cost more than the car itself. So we would be blasting out to 311 or Third Eye Blind while we were just cruising the air. Ooh, so 90s. Good good references there. (laughs) I remember the music specifically because there was one song, the 3 a.m. song, when the guy says it's 3 a.m. and I must be lonely. And right before the song starts, he takes a little breath. If you have it turned up loud enough, the CD. And so you hear him go, it's 3 a.m. I must be lonely. And we would listen to that little breath over and over again. in the rabbit. Oh, that is such a fun memory. I'm so excited for your boys because I know they'll be super safe drivers. I know they're getting a lot of practice time with you and Joe, which is awesome. And of course, accidents happen, which is just one of those frustrating parts of life. I once rear-ended someone the day after Thanksgiving. So everyone was rushing to the mall, which was nearby where I worked at the restaurant. And I rear-ended this family and it was like so traumatic. Nobody got hurt. I know, but it was just, you know, my first time ever being the cause, if you will, of an accident. And so, of course, this is like one mile away from the restaurant. The police end up coming and the two police officers that get out of the car and come up to my window immediately recognize me because they eat at the restaurant probably once or twice a week. So I'm sitting there in my red shirt with my Gina name tag on (laughs) and they're both like, whoa! Looky, looky here. If it isn't Gina Romano speeding to work, are we? And I'm like, oh, please. Okay. So they were razzing me. And the thank goodness, like I said, nobody got hurt. Because if someone got hurt, I would have been a disaster. But they even were joking like, well, don't worry, we won't tell your parents. And I'm thinking, well, it's on my insurance and they're on my insurance. So we're all in this together. So they'll know about <laughs> it 
soon enough. But it's just funny how, you know, you can't really get away with anything when you have a family business and everybody knows everybody. Did you see them again? Did they come in other, you know, the next time they came in, what did they say? Oh, yeah. They kept calling me Leadfoot, which was kind of inappropriate because I will admit sometimes I'm a little bit of a fast driver, but I didn't need it to be advertised to everybody every time they came in. I had my own rear-ending incident and it was really similar to yours. I was driving down Dry Creek and I was actually heading to what would have been, I think, a really fun first date for somebody. I wasn't sure if it was a date or we were going to a movie as friends, but it was just me and this guy friend. We were going to meet for a movie, but he didn't have a car, so I had gotten permission to use our family car and pick him up as we headed to the movie theater. So I was excited, and this car in front of me is slowing down at every neighborhood entrance and then speeding up in between and then slowing back down, almost like he wasn't sure where to turn. And I had a problem where I never wanted to change lanes. I was so worried about the blind spot. I think I was a little confused (laughs) about the blind spot, but also afraid of it. And so I remember always turning almost completely around in my seat like an owl. Just I couldn't just completely around to make sure that nobody was anywhere over there because I didn't know right where the blind spot was. But if I looked in all the spots, by default, I was also viewing the blind spot and nobody was in it. I could confirm. So I turned around during one of those times right when this car slowed down in front of me because I wanted to get out of his way or out from behind him because he was slowing me down on the way to my maybe date. And (laughs) I (laughs) slows down for another time and I bump right into the back of him. I wasn't going really fast because he had been going so slow. But anyway, it was hard enough that it was a crash. I for sure ran into him. So we pulled over to the side of the road. And I think you're not supposed to say that you're at fault or say anything about it. And I just immediately was, I'm so sorry. That was my fault. It was definitely me. You were slowing down. I mean, I just went all, you know, can you imagine me not able to stop talking? Oh, I said the same thing in my, when I had mine, I was like, that was me, my bad. Yes, (laughs) totally. (laughs) Totally. My dad would have lost if he knew I did that, but yes. Yes. And so this guy, it turns out, was driving a babysitter home. So this 11 or 12 year old girl, I think she also got out of the car too, because I remember what she looked like and her being so short. And he said, I just didn't know right where her neighborhood was. And she wasn't sure, which was kind of funny at her age to not, you know, know how to drive herself home, but it was dark and she probably usually didn't pay attention. She probably was just starting to sit in the front seat. So, so that was embarrassing. And so I drove straight home after that, told my parents about it, explained what had happened. The guy and I had exchanged phone numbers and insurance information. And so my dad called him and said, I understand you met my daughter tonight. And I was just melting into a puddle of embarrassment, even though I was just in the house. But he, you know, my parents weren't mad at all about it. They just know that it happens and it wasn't a big deal. The funny part is, as a teenager, I remember asking after he got off the phone with this guy, so is it all right if I hop back in the car and head to that movie or catch a later (laughs) show? (laughs) I was just going to say, is this guy still waiting for you? Did that get How'd you get a hold of him? There were no cell phones. Would you? I know. I called his house. I'm sure when I got home, I called his house, and he had been waiting. And I'm sure that at the when I first called, I said, you know, my dad has to use the phone to call this guy who I just ran into. But I'll see if I can still make it work. And then, you know, no, the whole relationship was down the drain. So before it even started, it was the story of my life. That is hilarious. Well, I remember another 
accident you had downtown where you ended up having to like go to a police lineup or something. What happened? Yes, it was crazy. So I was driving downtown with a group of friends to do some volunteering and we weren't familiar with driving downtown and we're looking all around for where we should be, the parking lot we were supposed to meet in. And we, I had my foot off the brake when that happened and I rolled barely touching into a taxi cab in front of us. And it was just, I remember I kept saying, it was just a tap. We just tapped into him. The bumpers just barely kissed. I mean, it was a no damage. Absolutely. It wouldn't have hurt a person. And we all started screaming (laughs) immediately because we just... Couldn't believe we had just had a situation. So we were trying to decide what to do because it wasn't any damage, because it wasn't a big deal. Do we write anything down? Do we need to get out? So we were looking at each other, all four of us kind of facing inward in the car. And then the friend that I had in the front seat looked up and said, his reverse lights are on. And so the cars had ended up, our car and the cab, just resting right next to each other. So we look up right as she says that. And sure enough, he's put the taxi cab in reverse and is pulling up over the hood of the car that we're in because it rested a little bit lower than the back bumper of the cab. And he pulled up onto the hood like 12 inches and made this huge crack. You could see all the, I don't know, fiberglass is the right thing, but you could see these fibers sticking out and caused this damage to the car. It was horrible because if you imagine that you're going to be able to tell your parents, we had this little fender bender, but no fenders were bent, you know, scot-free, no problemo. And instead, this whole situation emerges. So then he starts to drive away. And the same friend that noticed the reverse light who was in the front seat with me quickly wrote down his cab number, license plate number, and we ended up calling the police while we were still there. They took a report, filled everything out, and then later it ended up coming out that this guy had stolen the cab from the cab company. I know. And (laughs) then we were the witnesses, especially me as the driver, that this was the guy because I could see him best from my position, what his face looked like when he was looking back at us as he tried to run us over. So I did. I had to go downtown with my parents to the Denver police station and pick his picture out of a photo lineup. And I'll never forget it because the officer was wearing two guns that led me back to the photo lineup room. Oh, how scary. <laughs> Whoa. It, oh my was horrible. Gosh. it was horrible. I thought you were going to say you remembered another instance when you and I were together with an 11, 12-year-old who wasn't exactly sure how to get home. Oh, yeah. I truly know for a fact that your boys will have a better sense of direction than all of us because I don't know what happened to us. We Cousin, didn't have Google Earth or Google Maps. That's true. But I do think now sometimes kids are so distracted in the car on their phones or doing whatever that they don't even look out the window. So it goes both ways, but you're right. I That's do think a good Google point. Earth. Google Earth helps, but when we were kids, you had to know where you were. There was no crutch. I mean, I guess you could take out a map in your car, but who was doing that? You and I went to New York right after 9-11 to visit your college roommate who lived on Long Island, and then all my extended family was there. So you and I took this trip to see everybody and my sweet little cousin, who were staying with her and her parents, so she's about 10 years younger than us, and we were going to go get dessert for dinner that night. And she said, don't worry about it. I can tell them how to get to the store and back. And we were like, oh, great. No problem. So we get in my uncle's car and we're driving and it's you and I in the front. She's in the back. And we effectively get to the store, Wall Bombs, to get an Entenmann's cake. And then we get back in the car and 
I don't know why you and I didn't question it, but she's like, yeah, turn right over here. It's a right turn. Oh, sure. I was just completely listening to her without question, the direction she was giving us. So it took maybe 10 minutes to get to the store. And then getting home, we were probably 15 minutes into the drive home and it wasn't looking good. The neighborhood was nowhere in sight. It wasn't. In fact, I think the pavement was changing. Do you recall this? I remember us driving along and the pavement starting to dissolve. It turned into a gravel road slowly. And and I think there was a big hill and some trees over on one side. It just was not looking like we were in suburban America any longer. And then all of a sudden, we pulled up to this area that looked like we were entering a boat ramp that went down into water. So we stopped, but we could see all this water. And I remember thinking and maybe even saying, oh, Staten Island. That's the island part. I just hadn't even known (laughs) until that moment. I probably missed us driving over various bridges to get there. But I just remember thinking, it really is an island. I just thought that was the name of it. Yeah, we're a couple of landlocked girls. We didn't know any better. But yes, she was just kind of guiding us in what she thought was the right way. And I honestly was about to drive us into the into the ocean if we <laughs> hadn't had her, had one of us scream, I'm sure. <laughs> and then I think I uttered the words... Jesus, can you hear us? Oh, you did. (laughs) You sang for help. (laughs) You totally did. I remember that because then we all started laughing and then, you know, we're able to calmly make a plan for getting home safely. But it was just so funny because you said that right when we all got silent. So I think we just were looking around and thought, where is this? You know, and I was having my revelation about Staten Island and we were just quiet in the car. And then you just said, Jesus, can you hear us? And we all died laughing and also hoped that yes, Jesus could hear us in that moment because we needed some help (laughs) finding our way back. (laughs) Oh yeah. Trying to diffuse tension with humor. Been doing that for decades now. Um, (laughs) Well, I am proud of us for managing to get our way around New York City with your uncle's car. I mean, we neither one of us had ever driven there before and just think that we did a good job figuring it out. We were college students, but still, that's a big learning time in your life. And I'm glad we had the courage to try. For sure. And I do know we printed off MapQuest. That's how you had to get yes! directions. We had MapQuest to drive. We drove from Staten Island to Long Island through the city and then back to Staten Island. We just left super early in the morning, but everybody thought we were nuts doing it. But that was the only way for us to effectively get around and kind of see things. Because sure, we could have taken the subway and the train and done some other things, but it was the best way for us to get the most bang out of our buck. We were only there for like five days. So if we wanted to get to everybody and see everything, we were going to have to drive there. And we were lucky enough to have an awesome Uncle Jerry to hand over the keys. Oh, absolutely. We need to do another New York trip. Wouldn't that be so fun? There's so many cool things to see. Well, keep me posted on how the boys are doing. I'm really excited for them. And if you can, try to get some footage, try to get a video of somebody doing something. Hopefully not a crazy donut during a snowstorm, but something fun or entertaining or talented, like being able to parallel park because that's such a beast and I'm sure they'll do great. Oh, definitely. I will pass some videos your way when I have them. Yay. Well, I hope everybody has a great week. Stay warm out there and don't forget to share the Old Moms podcast with friends and family you know would enjoy it. Bye, Sarah. Bye, Gina. Oh, definitely. I will pass some videos your way so you can... What is wrong with me? Let me try it again. (laughs) Okay. Stop. (laughs) I just wanted you to know where to cut it. Let me stay again. Stay warm out there and don't forget to share...
the Old Moms podcast with friends and family you know would enjoy it. Perfect. Okay. Of course, I just said it, but I'll say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Say it with feeling this time, Sarah. 